It's Cofield and Company. Eli, it's past Ward. Look at him go. Inside the 20. Into the 10. Oh, he takes it the distance. Wow. What a joke. Just when the Bengals need it. There it is to the end zone. And he comes down with it. Outrageous. What a catch. Chase 101. Forget about it. Second and 12, Samuel, wide receiver screen, and in for the touchdown. They're down and one. Stafford, end zone cut, got it, touchdown Rams. It's time for Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Friday, 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 Super Bowl 56, right around the corner. We are all over the globe. Steve Cofield getting ready for uh, Boise and UNLV, I guess Boise State. And UNLV, that's a late start tonight, later for us and later for the Mountain Times. And we'll see what kind of crowd shows up tonight. That is an 8 o'clock Pacific start. we got a ton of people awaiting uh, on Radio Row over the next couple hours down in L.A. Adam Hill, he'll be in in just a few minutes. Uh doing a bunch of these interviews on Radio Row, so we're fired up today. Let's do it. It is getting nuts out here on Radio Row. There's there's stars of stage and screen, athletics and everything around here just walking around, and uh, it's a who's who. And Pete, Pete Koch is nice enough to sit down with us and join us. Now, listen, you're drafted by the Bengals. They're in this game. Indeed. You're wearing a Raiders hat, though. Indeed. <laughs> how, how do you make that decision? <laughs> Well, I can easily reconcile that and say that uh, I had a far uh, greater experience with the Raiders. Okay. I was actually with each of those teams for one season, and uh, th- that book ended, you know, the four seasons with the Kansas City Chiefs, which is really where, uh, you know, a, a blue-collar, hard-hat, football player, defensive end, that's, that's where I, I kind of got it going was a, was a starter in Kansas City, but I, I came out of the gate with with Cincinnati. Full disclosure, I was a first round draft pick out of the University of Maryland, 16th player picked overall. It's a funny thing, the NFL draft. You know, a guy like me, like you don't have anything to do with it. None of the players do. So it was a, in fact, a total surprise. There, there was, I almost could have bet money that one of five teams was going to draft me in the first or second round, but probably the first round, because they'd given me so much information. The Rams were one of them. They flew me from the University of Maryland all the way out to Anaheim to, to, to meet with me. The Jets did the same thing, flew me up there, had me examined by their orthopedic guy, met the general manager. So there were some teams that made it very clear that they were going to draft me, and then out of the blue, uh, the Bengals did, and, and just to you know, kind of close the circle on that, what happened was the, the day before the NFL draft, the, the going into the 1984 NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals had the first overall pick. One day before the draft, they traded out of the number one position. It was a three-way trade. The number one pick went to the New England Patriots. They took Irving Fryer, okay. the receiver out of Nebraska, sure. a running school, 
but nonetheless a receiver out of Nebraska. And the, the Bengals ended up with three first-round picks. The first one they used to draft Ricky Hundley, who never signed with the organization. They, they, after he held out for two months of the regular season, they traded him to unsigned, but traded the rights to him to the Denver Broncos, where he went on to have a, a tremendous career. I was the second first-round pick at 16, and then the third first-round pick was Brian Blados, the tackle out of North Carolina at, I think, 22. Wow. What, I mean, it's, it's quite a, first of all, great memory. Let's not mention the, the Chiefs part. The Raiders fans don't, <laughs> they don't want to remember that the, the, the Chiefs were there in between. You were an L.A. Raider. Indeed. We, yeah. we know, like, the family of the Raiders, the, 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 the players of the past, you know, once a Raider, always a Raider, all of that. But is there, a, is there like, a fragmented Oakland, L.A., Vegas Raider thing, or is it always Raiders? That's a, such a good question. I have given it thought, and, and, and I must share with NFL fans that – there, you know, there's 32 organizations, unique billion-dollar companies that collectively comprise the NFL. When I was in the league, a old enough guy uh, played in the 80s that there were 28, but now there's, there's 32. I'll have you know that each of these organizations handle their business in very different ways. They all need to comply by the governing body. The, the NFL is really just a management company, but the Raiders organization have, in the last five or six, seven years separated themselves from all the other NFL teams when it comes to their alumni program. And I'm very proud of that. Um, and they, what they do is they're, they're, to your point, Mark Davis says, once a Raider, always a Raider. They do a great job of staying in touch with us, have an alumni reunion every year, invite us to various events. And I've had the chance, the great good fortune, really, over the last five years to meet at these functions men from from history uh i I was at the last raiders home game of the year last game of the year where they beat the chargers to get into the playoffs game an incredible game an incredible atmosphere in this beautiful stadium and who before the game who am i you know standing there and talking with jim plunkett jim plunkett i played against when i was with the chiefs but you know, I, I never would have gotten to know this man. He's an exceptional, you know, person. Another one is is uh, is I've reconnected with is Fred Bolitnikoff, sure, the Hall of Fame receiver. Who, when I played for the Raiders in the eight, it was a long time, was the Raiders' wide receivers coach. Yeah, and he's a wonderful. Him and his uh, his his wife uh, Angela are a spectacular uh, couple, a power couple in the NFL, as far as I'm concerned. So I've gotten a chance to. Uh, Steve Wisniewski is a, is a great friend. Mark Pattinson, who's walking around. Here, the former Raiders, the only former NFL player to summit Mount Everest. He did it. Wow. He did it last May. You got to talk to this guy. He's one of the most fascinating, committed individuals you'll ever meet in your life. And it's not just his his physical ability; it's his mental ability, the well, yeah, will. That's mental. And that's part sure. of the yes, sir. And that's part of the Raiders family, where I feel you know so absolutely blessed to be a part of the organization, even moving forward. Even though I haven't put on the uh, the silver and black in in 35 years. That is Pete Koch, former Raider. We'll say former NFL player, but definitely he's got the Raiders hat. He's, he's part of the family. And you finish your career with the L.A. Raiders, and then there's there's some acting that's going on there for oh. you. How does, that, <laughs> how does that transition? Is that because you're in L.A. and it's just natural, or how did that take place? That's, that's you know, it actually it, it predates that because okay. when, I was, when I was playing for the Kansas City Chiefs, 
Uh, I didn't want to. I was a single guy, and I didn't want to. wasn't really interested in, in living in Kansas City in the off season. The winters are brutal. Nobody is. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And I uh, and I grew up on Long Island, and I and one of my my best friends, like a big brother type of a friend, Perry Rosen. God uh, rest his soul. He was an actor in New York City, and really trying to generate. Uh, some traction with his acting career. He was on Broadway, working off Broadway, and he had he said, "Pete, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm a, I want to get to the biggest stage. I want to get to Hollywood." And he and he and he moved, and he says, "Come on out and visit me." So in the off season, I would come and hang out with my buddy Perry, and he says, "Man, I'm I'm going to auditions all the time. You ought to be doing this. You could do it. I can help you. I, I don't. What do I know about being an actor?" He says, "I can help you get started." And all it takes is if you want to do it, you think you can do it. I said, yeah, I think, I don't know. I think I can do it. I, I'm a fan of actors. Doesn't right? Look I, hard? Yeah. Well, <laughs> then I found that it was, it was hard. Of course. But, um, but that, that got me going. So that, that created a, 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 a lifestyle where I would, I would spend, you know, about six and a half or seven months playing for the, the Chiefs and, and then later on the Raiders. And then I would go to L.A. More cutthroat business, Hollywood or the NFL? Very, very different. So Hollywood is a lot about figuring out a way to capture the attention that are making the decisions in casting by hook or crook get people's attention and that is you might want to you know use a certain strategy during your your auditions maybe be a little flashy maybe do a little bit different maybe kind of think outside the box think a little bit sometimes like imagine that you were really pressing the envelope like a joe pesci Sure. In his prime, in, in the gangster movies, you know, some way to 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 separate yourself from the pack. But everything is is subjective. It's something we can sit here and talk about. The other side of that of the universe, really, and when it comes to employment, is the NFL, which is a pure meritocracy. It's it's only merit. That's yeah. the only thing that matters. You know, they say talent determines the ceiling. Character determine uh, uh, character. I'm sorry. Talent determines the floor. Character determines the ceiling. Sure. So, but if you bring enough talent, um, and hopefully you've got some character, <laughs> but uh, but but the, you're gonna you're gonna make you're gonna make that team. You know, if you're a fine person, look, there's plenty of guys in the NFL. Some have big personalities. Others are quiet uh, and just say to themselves, and that's that's great too. You need some of those guys too. Um, not everybody can be Bob Gola keeping everybody loose, cracking jokes, you know, 20 hours a day. Um, but but then but but once you get to the NFL, it's it's merit based. Imagine this: you went to every day that you went to work for eight hours. At the end of the day, somebody handed you a grade, just like you were just like you were back in high school. Yeah. A grade. That's how the NFL works. Everything you do in practice is filmed and graded, and then it's doubly scrutinized on game day, and you get a report card for wow. that. Believe you and me. Crazy. Great, great stories. We love it. Uh, Pete, Pete Koch hanging out with us here. What a moment with Mike Haynes. That was incredible. He's best. As he walked like, so, by. And he's handsome. And every, he's, all of it. What is, uh, what is, what is Radio Railroad like here? What, like, wh how, how does this all come about for you? Why, why do you enjoy coming down here being around? I have a few friends that are passionate and, uh, uh, NFL fans, and they invite me down and to, to meet some good people like yourself and just talk for a few minutes. And it's, and it's 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 fun for me, but but it, to be perfectly truthful, the opportunity to run into Bob, sure. uh, to Bob Golick and, and, and Mike Haynes, 
Uh, and I'm, I know I'm going to run into some others, and I've already you know run into a couple of people, a couple of yeah, fans. For the, the, everybody here got to hear the Mike Haynes you, right just before we sat down. Mr. Golick was here, and, and there was a great reunion. That was a, such a such a cool moment just to, to witness. So for you, it's going to be great. Yeah, I, I guess it was just it was just meant to be. And and you know and but here's but here's how important. I, I don't want to overstate it, but the Raiders alumni organization that does such a good job with guys like me. Listen, in, all, in, in, in the pantheon of great Raiders players, I'm the guy that went through and had a cup of coffee backing up Howie Long for one season. I'm, I, I, that's fine. Uh, uh, th- we all got to know three years before that, I was starting in a playoff game uh, at, you know, at right defensive end for the Kansas City Chiefs, but things happened. In my case, it was a bunch of surgeries. Uh, a bunch of injuries, but however, but however, the the fact is that the the Raiders honor their alumni uh, in such a fantastic way, and it, it connects us so that we it's not it it it's not a strange uh, thing when I run into a, a teammate sure. like like uh, like Haynes and um, the other organizations. Um, sadly, don't don't do quite as good a job. Some better than others. All I can speak to, really, is the three organizations I work with. It was a blessing to to play in the NFL for all those organizations, and uh, but it was a special uh, a special blessing to for me to finish with the with the Los Angeles Raiders. There you go. We we'll look forward to seeing you around Vegas. Uh, you were there at the Chargers game. That was a great one, and uh, we'll get to see you more around Vegas. We look forward to that. Thanks, man. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you. Good job, Adam Hill. Good job, good job. We'll take it back, and then we're going to go back to Radio Row in just a couple of minutes. A reminder tonight, big night, is uh, UNLV is on the road against uh, Boise State. It's an 8 o'clock start, and uh, Mr. UNLV, Tyler Bischoff, is going to be hosting another one of those. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Back here on ESPN Las Vegas, we go down to Radio Row and uh, a Super Bowl great. One of my favorite players, so we'll get into that as the, the convo moves along. But LeGarrette Blunt is sitting down with us, just retired recently. And uh, LeGarrette, I know you have something uh, good going on. LG's Feel Good is my CBD company. Um, so it's just a, a healthy way to start feeling better, a healthy way to deal with pain. If anybody's dealing with any kind of pain, any kind of anxiety, um, any kind of um, sleeping problems, um, this is this is the answer. Um, this is the, the, the healthy answer rather than taking any kind of pills or sleeping pills or anxiety pills or, you know, pain pills, you know, any of the opioids. Um, this is the healthier answer. Um, I have a I have a I have a rollerball. I have a pain patch. I have salves. I have a sleep gummies and I have anxiety drops. So these are all things that can help you deal with any of the issues that, that you're dealing with as far as pain, anxiety, or sleep. You know, so, um, and, and, and it's healthy, and it's all natural, and it's all organic, and it's um, THC, 100% THC-free. So that is, that is, all, that is all those. Um, these are all the things that I've been working on. From, you know, from my experience with the NFL, this is what the world needs. LG's Feel Good. Uh, look it up, LG's Feel Good. And, and this really is a, a common issue with, retired football players or even players who just played in college and high school you have a lot of you know residual pain we talked to icky woods uh you know unlv and cincinnati bengals guy and, and icky had a bad knee for years and years and years so who got yeah. you into the idea of alternative medicine to heal instead of all that other stuff that's junk um so i i started seeing and, and hearing things about it probably 
about a year or two before I retired from football, and um, and I just and I just I kind of keep to it after I started trying um, different things and other methods because um, at one point I was I was one of the guys that that you know felt like I could take that Toradol shot and I could you know take a couple pills and 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 be good for the game on Sunday. Um, but I started figuring out, you know, obviously these things won't, these things will affect your health um, tremendously down the road, you know, five, ten years down the road, and you're having liver problems and you're having all these different problems from the effects of these, of these, these pills that you've been taking for so, so long and such a long time, you know, and obviously it's easily to gain an addiction to this stuff. So, you know, um, I started looking into it afterwards and, and saw, you know, saw the effects of it. And I felt like I felt like I could create a better version of what it was that was helping me. And so that's kind of how I got to this point. LeGarrette Blunt with us, a former NFL running back, uh, spent a good nine seasons in the National Football League, was part of three Super Bowls, which we'll get to. I'll, I don't know how many people talk to you about this, but I think you are one of the great redemption stories in the history of the league. Because uh, I remember doing shows around the uh, nonsense that went down with uh, Oregon and Boise. And by the way, I'm actually in Boise, in Boise for a UNLV-Boise State game. So, um, <laughs> it, it, like, take us back to just how ridiculous i think it's ridiculous and and what you had to go through and you were an nfl level running back and all of that stuff led to you not getting drafted you eventually get with the titans and the bucks at the beginning of your career but now that you look back you realize you know the, the learning lesson i get out of that are you still mad about it Nah, I, I can't be upset about it because I, I i you know i eventually went on to win three super bowls and, and playing you know three three huge games had a pretty successful nine-year career so you know i can't be i can't be too upset about it Garrett Blunt's with us. All right, well, let's talk about some of the big games you're in, man. <laughs> I mean, three-time Super Bowl winner. Uh, you're in, what, four total. What's, for you, what's the most memorable Super Bowl? Uh, the the funnest, the most fun Super Bowl I've been a part of is is the last one. Because um, I felt like I balled out. You know, I scored a touchdown. We won the game. You know, it was all, it was, it was, it was awesome. What was crazier, the 28-3 comeback or, the you know, the final second defensive play that allowed you guys to – beat the Seahawks I'd say I'd say the 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 last minute touchdown was the was the one that was most exciting because you were on the edge of (laughs) you know what I'm saying there was no there was no there was no extra three quarters to come back there was no extra half to come back you know from that it was either they score and we lose or we stop them and we win amazing look Eric Blunt's with us here on ESPN Las Vegas a former running back in the National Football League so we're getting the Patriot way we're getting uh a couple of guys from the Patriots organization with the Raiders in Las Vegas. So, uh, what's your what's your memory? What's your take on Josh McDaniels now getting another head coaching opportunity? Um, you know, he, he was going to take a he was going to take one sooner or later because um, you know I'm pretty sure every year, every other year, he's being he's in the conversation for someone that's being interviewed, you know, for a job opening as a head coach so you know he took his time and i feel like he probably waited to choose the right spot for himself because um he's had ample opportunities and he and and he just i think he just waited to take advantage of the one that he that uh he felt was was right for him you know and unless that new england job opened up what do you tell people about playing for belichick i tell people that i tell people that playing for i loved playing for bill I enjoyed playing for Bill. Well, he loved you, man, because to, uh, to uh, give you the opportunity to score 18 touchdowns in a season when you were, like, what, 31 years old, that was a ridiculous season. Oh, yeah, nah, and it was fun, too. <laughs> I appreciate it because uh, cause, cause Bill, once you gain Bill's trust, you know what I'm saying, he, he'll pretty much go to bat for you um, with anything. 
Hey, one last thing. Uh, you, you still keeping an eye on what's happening with Oregon football? Kind of a kind of a weird situation when the, no one leaves Oregon, but Mario Cristobal did. Yeah, man. But I mean, he he's not the first one. You know, um, uh, the the other guy left before him, whatever his name is, Willie Taggart. Uh, that's right, Willie. Well, he you know it was so it was such a short stint that I forgot all about. Right, Willie right. I forgot his name. But uh, you know, so, um, so it seems to me that some guys are using Oregon as a stepping stone, and I think I think they need to start. Look, doing more of a background check and, and, and finding out a little bit more of these guys' motives and, and coming to Oregon. Yeah, that's got to be a landing spot, not a stepping stone. Exactly. Uh, LeGarrette, one more time, tell people where people, uh, tell the folks where they can find uh, LG's Feel Good. You can find LG's Feel Good at lgsfeelgood.com. That's the best place to find it, man. It's the best in the world when it comes to, you know, dealing with pain, anxiety, and sleep problems. This is This is the best way to deal with it. All natural, all organic, all THC free. Good deal. We appreciate the spot. Thanks, LeGarrette. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate you guys. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. I think you had to take some of the emotion out of, out of it and then kind of lean into understanding what it takes to to revamp and, and feeling like what's the best decision for me. What does it feel like to commit to a season if that's what I want to do? And the good thing is I still feel like my body, you know, is in a good place. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. There he is, the MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Let's not drag this out too long, bro, on the retirement of coming back. You're coming back. Now we need to find out where you're going. Let's go back down to Radio Row as Adam Hill is standing by, and he's got uh, another Super Bowl champion that we're going to speak to in Torrey Smith. We're very excited to have Torrey Smith joining us right now. How you doing, man? Doing great. How about yourself? Good, man. A couple couple times in the Super Bowl for you. Uh, obviously, people remember your great career. What are you, what are you up to right now? Uh, right now, I'm uh, doing a little media. Yeah, you know, so yeah. I'm on Radio Row on the opposite side. Uh, this time, actually go. interviewing guys, having a great time, um, doing a lot of stuff in the community in Baltimore, and really even continuing that here. Um, I'm here now on behalf of the Black Women's Health Imperative, which is a, an amazing group that is really geared towards making sure that african-american women are going to get tested um it's very personal to me simply because my grandmother is battling cancer as we speak and she would have never caught it if she wasn't comfortable going to get tested and get tested. so like really promoting getting scanned getting screened and making sure that we're not scaring people away so ultimately we can save lives this group is obviously focused towards black women, but it's really for all women to go out and make sure that they're getting screened to make sure that we're saving lives. For sure. And I think it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, right? Because the earlier you get tested, the better it is going to be for you. The better, Absolutely. the more you get screened, the better. But we're also scared. We're like scared to hear the bad news, right? It's just, <laughs> right. it's a weird thing. It's, it's something that we have to get over and we have to really talk about. You have to get over it. And like I said, that's the only reason why my grandmother is still here today. You know, she, she comes from that old school background yeah. where she doesn't want to get tested. She doesn't want to know. She doesn't trust doctors. Right. And then she was like, wait, I have a knot in my neck and I know this isn't right. And it ended up being cancerous. And thank God that, you know, they caught it before it was too aggressive. But uh, she just actually rung her bell last week, finished up chemo and radiation. Awesome. And, you know, now we wait and see when she gets tested in a few months. But, you know, she's in great spirits and she's doing well. Well, if, she, if she's related to you, we know she's going to be a battler. She's gonna be a <laughs> so that, that's that's good. That's good to know for sure. Um, you talked about being on the other side. You've been on both sides of this, obviously. You've been through 
this grind as a player. What is this week like for the players getting ready for the game? But now it's starting to really feel real. You know, you, you talked about it. The ultimate goal, obviously, is to get here. You hear guys all year long talk about we're taking it one game at a time. Listen, this is the NFL. It's not college. There's no bowl game. Everyone's focused on one thing, and that's winning. There's one winner and 31 losers every single year in the NFL. So that's the goal, to get to the Super Bowl. Now you're here. You're settling in. The most important thing is to get your tickets out of the way. <laughs> just yep. Get your family out of the way early and just start to make it feel like a regular game week. And for the Rams, obviously, it's super easy because they're home. Yeah. But for the Bengals, it's a little adjustment with the time zone and being in a hotel this long. It, when, when we talk about you know, getting through this and understanding the process and trying to make it a regular game, how much does it help to be a second time? And, and I ask this in particular. You know, you've been there two times. The first time Sean McVay was here, I mean, he admitted it. He overthought everything. He tried to put way too much time in. He tried to change way too many things. How how good is it to have that one time under your belt and come back a second time? Man, I, I think it's it's huge. You know, experience in any situation is huge. So yeah. to, to experience media row. It's probably actually easier for the guys now because of COVID. Sure. It's a lot of things that you can't do yeah. um, by league rules, so probably leads to a lot less distractions <laughs> yeah, in a yeah. lot of ways, which is probably a good thing for these teams. But uh, the reality of it is once you, the closer you get to the weekend, it just feels like football. Yeah. You know, we get all caught up in us being here at Media Row and, you know, the hundreds and thousands of other media outlets that are around here. But the reality of it is the closer you get to the weekend, it's all about football. As long as you prep, as long as you prepare and don't try to put too much pressure on yourself, just see it as the football, the same game that you played all year, you'll be all right. What is the key to this game? Uh, the key to the game is is just executing. You yeah. know, get by any means necessary, right? Like this is the last one. <laughs> you know, you can't take your cool plays with you. Yeah. You know, um, you know that effort. Like you don't. You want to. I'm a person that you never want to live with regrets, right? Like yeah. you, you always want to leave it all out there. And you can deal with – it's a lot easier to deal with failure that way. And so I think too often coaches are tight. They're trying to figure it out. Like, no, be yourself. But make sure you put it all in line because, you know, this this could be it. And this is the big one. And you're not guaranteed to get back here. Yeah. Well, two Tory Tori Smith sits down with us. Uh, two years from now, this will be in Vegas. Did you? I mean, we are, we're from Vegas. We love Vegas so more than anything. We're so excited to have the NFL. Great stadium, by the way. It's great. I mean – so far is better, but that's a that's a sore subject, <laughs> sore subject among some people in Vegas. Um, did you ever think the NFL would embrace Vegas to this degree? Um, well, the NFL embraces money. <laughs> that is facts. Vegas, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of money involved in gambling, sure. and I think the narrative has, cha- has changed on sports gambling. Right? I think we we come from an era where I, I don't know if y'all want to hear my opinion on this, but I think Pete we Rose, do. I think Pete Rose should be. <laughs> I think you should still be fine. Like I don't think that if you're betting for yourself, who cares? Yeah. Right? Like every, yeah. everyone's betting on themselves, it's just not money. Yeah. Right? When That's it comes true. to success, right? Well, we have to we do have to take him at his word that he would be betting on himself. Yeah, so. I would hope so, right? <laughs> but the reality of it is there's a lot of money out here that's the NFL can make by embracing that community. And it benefits not only the NFL, you're adding to different type of fans who you're growing at the end of the day it's about growing the fandom of football. And there are people who are invested in football because of fantasy sports and gambling now that had no interest before. 
and as players, you can't really do it anyway. So, yeah. you yeah. know, I think it's uh, I think it's great to continue to grow the game and uh, to, to just continue to embrace James because it's going to happen anyway. Sure. Well, Tori, look around this room. The biggest booth in the front of the of the room <laughs> is FanDuel. FanDuel, right. We got, we got uh, some sports betting shows over there. We've got some back in the corner as well. Like, it's everywhere. It's and, everywhere. And it's crazy how much has been integrated, how, how quickly this has happened. I do. There is a a topic going around right now. It's a lot of national columnists making uh, really cheap shots. I think at Vegas in general, there was some some players that got in trouble this year. Listen, this, this is it's not just Vegas. Yeah, it's not. It just happened Vegas long before all. Vegas, and yeah. it, it it sucks for us as a city. We're like, hey, this is a great place to live. It's a yeah. it's a wonderful place. It's not Vegas's fault. Right. I, I hate when people try to put that label on there because anyone that criticizes it, I say, look at yourself and look at your friends. Yeah. How many times do you? Go out with your friends or you have your friends over and y'all are having drinks and you get in your car and you drive. Yeah. Right. It doesn't sound, I'm just being completely honest here. Of course. Like, and I'm not being judgmental because I don't drink or smoke. However, I see people in high places that think, Oh, I just had one drink. I'm fine. And so just because they didn't get caught or they didn't make a mistake doesn't mean it was the right decision. So I think sometimes we as people tend to look at the end result like it's the problem and not look at the, the, and not see that person as yourself. Obviously, you don't want to be speeding and doing reckless things. However, drinking and driving is not an NFL problem, right? That is 1,000% a society and an American problem we have to fix. Should guys be smarter? Can you make the argument all day? Absolutely. Call the Uber, do whatever, right? But the reality of it is I don't know a single person who is the exact same person when they're under the influence of something. Tori, I've seen people scream and rant about guys getting caught for drunk driving and then leave the bar drunk and drive home right. I'm like, it's unbelievable what, what are you doing it's it's crazy uh, to think about so we're looking forward to vegas that's on the horizon la a cool place as well uh but you are you're doing really good work and i i applaud that i know you know we kind of joked yesterday about guys walking around and, and doing interviews and saying hey buy this you know deodorant or buy this like you're <laughs> you're really talking about some important things so i want once again for you to tell people um you know what you're what you're kind of talking about here yeah the black woman's health imperative you know it's important to get women screened you know to protect our women all of us come from women right and and we know and love them but uh for myself it's, it's important to me because african-american women are often shorter when it comes to their medical treatment so to get out in front to get women screened um and get them detected early which will ultimately save lives is a big deal but everyone needs to get screened period men too yes right but speaking just specifically on this it's the only african-american foundation that's built towards the health of african-american women in this capacity so uh, there's a huge announcement coming on the annual gospel celebration on saturday night at the nfl um go to blackwomenshealthimperative.org to learn more and Get screened. Men, men, women get screened to save lives. And we're all here for your grandma rooting for us. We appreciate it, man. Appreciate Thank it, you man. so Thank much. You. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. From that right wing, shoots another three. He hasn't touched the rim yet. Mills the other way. Mills all the way under the basket. Mills throws it to Octave. Octave in the lane. Snuffed by Royce Ham Jr. Now. Back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. John Sandler on the running Rebel calls. As you hear, Mike Nuga with a really good game from three-point territory against Air Force. And then uh, Royce Ham was just an absolute monster in that one. Let's talk a little college basketball. Uh, back with our college basketball insider, Coach Joe. Joe Esposito's up. What's up, Joe? How you doing, buddy? Good to hear your voice. I'm good, man. I haven't talked to you in forever. You know, we're, te- we're texting. We're texting. So tell everyone how the season went uh, down in Arizona. Well, season went pretty good. You know, unfortunately, we got snubbed at the end. 
because of the AIA didn't acknowledge that we played two less games. We would have been regional champs. We finished the region at seven and one. Another team finished eight and one, but they got to play the extra game because of COVID. We had nine games total that we lost for the COVID deal. So it was fun. High school basketball is definitely a challenge. I'm not going to lie to anyone and tell them that it's not. You know, whether you're driving the bus or cleaning the laundry or whatever you're doing or, or dealing with parents, and I can go on and on and on, but you would think that the way some of these people look at me at this school, <laughs> that I never coached a game in my life. Yeah. How? Let alone, how, let alone I'm on ESPN talking basketball, but I, I don't know anything about basketball. But that's all good, but it was a good year, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll see what happens in the future. Uh-oh, sounds like you might be moving on. You ready to move on? You ready to go back to college? Yeah, we'll see. You know, you never know what's going to happen. You never want to, you never want to burn any bridges and kind of listen to what you got to listen to. But uh, I'm happy at the school. The administration's been great to me. It's been a, it's been a great place, and Cesar Chavez is definitely dear to my heart. So I'll tell you this: if, if it was something that I'd be leaving for, it had to be pretty pretty good because uh, I really feel for these kids, and I want to see them go through their their high school career. Let's talk about something weird to start out here before we start breaking down some games. Did you see the story about the UCLA player who uh, tried to spit on some fans at Arizona, and then they freaking they arrested him. They hauled him out of there. He's facing assault charges. Yeah, it was kind of strange. I think it was a little abrupt. It seemed like it might have been a little bit too much, but I guess it could call for that. Um, you know, and, and Mick Cronin standing by him, he made the quote out there that he loves them and he cares about his players, and, and that's all good. But, you know, you've got to know as a player that you can't, you can't listen to the fans. I mean, it'll drive you nuts. I mean, I can remember so many games back in my college career where you just hear nonstop fans heckling you, and, and that's, their, that's their strategy. And you've got to understand that you've got to keep a cool head. A cool head wins a hot game. And the only way you can do that is by understanding, you know, that sportsmanship is what it's all about and just get out of there. And I think some arenas need to understand that maybe sometimes some of these arenas have fans too close to the visitors, and it could set up some problems but uh, this could have been avoided very easily, and I think that's something you always got to talk to your players about. All right, well, we got uh, UCLA taking on USC, Crosstown Rivalry. Uh, both teams have nine wins in conference. Uh, you know, both of them had a, a, you know, a mess of uh, middle of a season. Uh, USC's coming in winning uh, three of four, and actually uh, UCLA's off two losses. They got a win against Stanford, but it got swept down in Arizona. So who do you like in this one? You know, it's an interesting deal. I, I really do like UCLA. Um, you know, they've had a couple of you – know, they had that crazy loss against Arizona State, which was a three-overtime game. I mean, USC lost to Stanford twice. I think USC's bench is the issue. Like, if you look at the last Arizona game that they played, whenever they play somebody that's really strong, they really shorten their bench. You know, all, all five starters that game played more than 29 minutes. You know, Peterson was tired. He played 34 minutes that game. He was one for 13 in the field. Mobley's playing 38 minutes. I think the only way USC beats them is by time management on a bench. So I'm going with UCLA in that one. I feel like they're they're a team that can still make a run, um, and I think that they have a, the pieces and the depth that's going to take to win that game. So, Joe, I'm on the road with the uh, Rebels getting ready to cover uh, 8 o'clock Pacific start, 9 o'clock uh, Mountain with uh, Boise State hosting UNLV. What do you think of the conference, man? I'm fascinated by this net rankings. Not that it's new, but right now the Mountain West Conference has six teams in the top 60? They sure do, and it's uh, it's interesting. How about the job that Wyoming's doing? I mean, they, they man, I'll tell you, if, if anybody's going to be the coach of the year, it's going to be Jeff Linder. 
I mean, he's done an incredible job. Joe Lenardi has him as an eight seed. The league is doing really, really well. And, and I love that you're on the road right now on a Friday night. They get great coverage. I know there's six teams playing tonight. Four of the teams we're talking about here in the top 57 are playing tonight. And uh, I think it just helps the branding of the Mountain West. Playing on Friday, everyone's looking on their apps to see who they can bet on. It's really the only games going on that, that are important. So I think it's great. I've seen Wyoming play. It's a tough, it's a tough team. You know, I've seen Boise play. They had some bad losses early. If you remember, they lost to Bakersfield and Irvine. And, but they're a solid eight seed. They're five and one in the quadrant one, which is the best in the league. I think Boise's a contender. Um, Colorado State, you know, they play play well. Utah's playing. Utah State's playing better than I thought. San Diego State's been a little bit of a disappointment. One and five, quadrant one. But I still think that they'll be a team that they'll reckon with. And then Fresno's been hanging on. So I'm impressed by the league this year. It's better than it's been in a while, and uh, I kind of like the way it's folded, unfolded for a lot of those teams. And seeing Wyoming number one is pretty cool. Yeah, talking about the Rebels, I actually think the Rebels could be sitting at, you know, uh, what would it be? I guess uh, 17 and 7, um, or yeah, 17 and 7 and 8 and 3. I, I think they could have beaten San Diego State and Fresno at home, and the loss at Air Force was not a great loss. But here's the biggest problem with Kevin Kruger's team is that they just haven't had a chance to get any continuity because of injuries early in the season and now injuries now with Donovan Williams and uh, uh, Vic Oko. Yeah, I think that's going to really hurt them. But if you look at their schedule, I think they're doomsdays ahead. They go to Boise, which you're there right now. They play at Fresno. Then they got Colorado State at home, which is going to be rough. Play their rival across the way there in Nevada. And then they got Boise again, Wyoming again, and finally have an easy game against New Mexico, which is at New Mexico. And that's never an easy game if that snake is still sitting that front row. I'll yep, tell you, boy, snake. that snake, that snake guy, I still have dreams about him. <laughs> Nightmares. <laughs> Nightmares. Nightmares. You're not kidding. Uh, I haven't talked to you in about a month or so, a month and a half or so. Can you believe what Bryce Hamilton is doing in terms of efficiency? And he's averaging about 24, 24 and a half points a game in conference. Yeah, you know, he was the guy, like I said, you know, fortunate enough to coach him for that one year. And we always said that, you know, he had that ability. And he had to just stick with it and, and, and let the course, you know, trust the process, keep getting stronger. You know, and that's what he did. He got stronger. He got better. His shot's better. You know, he's always, he's always had great, you know, first step to the basket. And he always had good control over his balance. But, uh, you know, he's really turned into a player that you may see uh, get an opportunity to play in the pros. I, I always said that he was a very special talent, but now it's really coming through. And I'm happy for him. And, and I look forward to seeing what happens with the rest of the season for him. Yeah, it's really – it's all about confidence for him. And now he's making the three. I think he's 23 of his last 48 from three. So, I mean, that, that changes his whole game. And I've only seen maybe three guys who have really checked him and been able to keep him out of the lane. Amazingly, one of the guys – and I actually – I think he's the defensive player of the year in the conference. One of the guys who kept getting switched onto him for San Diego State in two games was Nathan Mensa. I could not believe Mensa played such good defense that Bryce actually had trouble turning the corner on him. Yeah, you know, well, he's got that quick lateral speed and he's long, and I think that made a difference. But – you know, as Bryce continues to get better and improve as a three-point shooter, it's just going to open the, the, the lanes for him because they have to pressure him out there. They can't sit back. And in the last two years, you know, they were able to play off him a little bit and say, hey, go ahead, beat us from three because we know you can get to the paint. So it's kind of a different look. But, you know, now that he can score at all three levels, it's made him a much better player. He's harder to defend. You can't play him just for the drive. And I think that's what's making him have such a great year. Coach Joe, Joe Esposito.
a former UNLV assistant, Texas Tech, Minnesota, too many other stops to name. He joins us as a basketball insider the rest of the season. All right, I, I know you like to do shout-outs and talk about the superlatives around uh, college basketball, so who's your coach of the year? I mean, there's a long list of guys, Shaka Smart, Cooley, Lloyd, Adams, Guard, Pearl, Few, Kelvin Sampson. Who do you think is coach of the year nationally? You know, there's so many. Like you just mentioned, a lot of those guys already had teams in place whenever. You know, how about a guy like Bob McKillop at Davidson? I mean, a guy's been there 33 years. He's number one in the 8-10. He's 23. He's 20 wins, three losses, 10-1. and one. He beat Alabama. You never hear about Davidson. And, and obviously, Steph Curry and all that other stuff you hear. But I think he's got to be a candidate. And I like Matt Painter. I think he's another guy that's had a great year and kind of turned that thing around, even though he got beat by Michigan. Uh, Rick Pitino. I mean, there's just so many. How about the guy at Wagner? Coach Mason, 13-0, 17-2. You never hear about those guys. You continue to hear about Mark Few. Well, he does it every year. Bruce Pearl's done it. Greg Gard's done it. Mark Adams of Texas Tech's doing decent. He, he's done a really good job of promoting his program, and he had some good players there. But I think Tommy Lloyd is definitely one of the high choices. But I'm going with Ed Cooley from Providence. Nice. He's number 11 in the country. He's sitting at 20-2, and 10-1 overall in his league. I'm going to tell you right now, He's a great guy, a great advocate for the program. When I was at Assumption College, he was at Stonehill as a player, and he just had that toughness about him. That's a long time ago. I coached him as a player, and uh, I'm going with Ed Cooley, coach of the year at Providence. I think they're going to be a team to reckon with in, in March. Let's talk about some of the best games tomorrow. What do you think? Texas, Baylor. Uh, you know, Texas is starting to roll now. Beard's got him going. I think I think I'm going to go with Texas. I, I jumped off the Baylor bandwagon. I've jumped. I, I, you remember I was on it for two years. I jumped off the bandwagon, but I like what Texas is doing, and they had a great win against Kansas. So I like Texas. St. Mary's Gonzaga. I'm going to Zags. The Zags are playing really well right now. They got everything flowing. The big kids really come onto his own. He'll probably be the number one or two pick in the NBA draft. I'll go with the Zags. They should be the favorite to win the national title. I mean, I know it's the West Coast Conference, but some of these West Coast Conference teams are really good, and they've just devastated people. Yeah, St. Mary's, St. Mary's has gotten so much better this year, and I think they, they do have a really good team. I think they're solid. I think they're the number one overall team right now that's going into the NCAA tournament if it started today. I mean, I love Arizona. I love Auburn. And, and Kentucky started to make a little bit of a run. I think they're a team that might reckon for one of those top four spots now that Purdue's gotten beat. You know, Purdue finally got embarrassed defensively. You know, they're not as mobile as some of the teams out there, but they're going to be a hard team to beat as well. So I think that that's going to be interesting to see how it all finishes out. But I do agree with you. I think Gonzaga is the number one pick. Joe, one last game. we got about uh, 30 seconds left here. I do like the story at Washington where they were just terrible and Mike Hopkins under some pressure. He went 5-21. and 21. Arizona's on the Washington swing. They play uh, Washington. It's a nice comeback story for Hopkins. It would. I'm sticking with. I'm sticking with Arizona. I love Arizona's depth. I love the way they play. I'm going with Arizona, and I really like them too to make a run in the NCAA tournament. Joe, glad to have you back on the air, man. Yeah, lots to talk about. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Joe. All right. There he is, Coach Joe, longtime assistant around college basketball, head coach at several stops as well, and he gives us the inside dope on college hoops speaking of college hoops we got boise going against your running rebels tonight watch party at pt's it's pt's pub uh, miller light is bringing you the party ten dollar miller light pitchers prizes including uh, unlv cornhole games and hats and shirts the host of the party tonight at eight o'clock 
is one Tyler Bischoff. You can win beer for a year, and you can also win a staycation at the Strat. Tyler Bischoff will be out there from 8 to 10. And again, it's PT's Pub right there on Tropicana near the Thomas and Mac, real close to Maryland. Four o'clock hour is on the way. We'll get back into football. We're going to talk to uh, back-to-back defensive back 